Welcome back to the Things Christians Want to Know podcast. And Paul Anderson is here. Hello, Hello. people. And I'm Nate Johnstone. And last week we started talking about the incarnation of Jesus Christ, which is a huge, huge topic. So much stuff there. And we talked about the incredibleness and the difficulty even to believe for a lot of people that God became a human. And we talked a little bit about what that is and what that isn't. Uh, What it isn't is it isn't that God possessed a human being that already existed. So the situation was not that um, Mary had a child in her womb, and then at some point God possessed that child. That's not what scripture says. That's what the Gnostics believed. Um, They also believed that the spirit of God then fled Jesus on the cross. And so it was only the man who died. Um, And so that's been considered heresy since, you know, 75 AD, give or take. Um, The apostle John talks a lot about that heresy in his uh, epistles and in his gospel. He starts off the gospel with the word became flesh. Mm -hmm. John chapter one, the word became flesh. So for the apostle John, who's um, at this point, when he's writing probably the only apostle of the original apostles still alive. And he's dealing with this Gnostic heresy. And so he, a lot of his writing throughout the gospel and all his, all his letters are dealing with that. This idea that Jesus wasn't really a human. Mm-hmm. There are others who were like, Jesus isn't really God. Right. But the Gnostic heresy was Jesus wasn't really human. And John is adamant that God became flesh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a very important distinction. And that's that powerful statement in the gospel. And the word became flesh mm-hmm. and dwelt among us. Flesh in the Bible not only speaks of the physical part of humanity, it also stands for the whole race in its dependent, frail condition. We all share a common destiny, death. Writer of Hebrews says, it's appointed to man once to die, or as a philosopher once wrote, man has a strikingly high mortality rate. <laughs> ten out of ten die. <laughs> that's, that's pretty that's bad. <laughs> Isaiah declared that all flesh is as grass. Flesh is contrasted to spirit, to things eternal. So to say that Jesus became flesh says that he entered fully into the frail, human race. He was, Philippians 2.8, found in human form. Yeah. And this was insanity to, mm-hmm. to people of the day. Mm-hmm. It, it still is to many now, but the, the Greek philosophers, Plato in particular, taught that flesh is corrupt. It's bad. We don't like flesh. Yes. The the goal of religion is to escape the flesh. And that once we die, our spirit leaves and we elevate to some sort of higher plane. And many religions since then have taken on this same notion. And Gnosticism basically wanted to do the same thing. It wanted to say, no, 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 the flesh is bad. We hate the flesh. We don't like the flesh. They lived out in the desert and didn't wear real clothes and didn't eat a lot. And they, they did a lot of crazy things because they felt like anything physical was bad. And so... The idea that God actually became physical was insane to them. They just couldn't get a hold of it. It's absolutely upside down. It because is. Because almost every religion attempts to make man spiritual 
to move toward God. Right. We're, we're going this way. We climb up. Yes. And because we're encased in, we're encased in flesh, something's bad. And so we have to become spiritual. But then the opposite is true, that God took on flesh. God reached down and took on flesh mm. in all of its nastiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, baby Jesus, God himself pooping his pants. That's not sacrilege to say on a podcast or in a sermon. He did it hundreds and hundreds of times. Anyone who has a kid knows how often babies poop themselves. And it was a beautiful thing because God was becoming one of the stinky people. Mm -hmm. And so he redeems flesh itself by becoming flesh. And Hebrews Hebrews bears that out. Um, So it's not that flesh is evil and spirit is good. It's that God, by becoming flesh and being incarnate, has now redeemed that. And so in heaven, and we, we, we did a podcast about, about heaven and about eternity later, but it's going to be physical. Heaven is not a bunch of disembodied spirits floating around with harps. That's a Gnostic heresy that's stuck around for 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's still around in the church, but a lot of people in the church believe that the spirit is good, the flesh is bad. We, when we die, we escape, and in heaven, it's our spirits floating around. It's not true. We get resurrected. That means a physical resurrected body. So God redeems flesh by becoming flesh. And it's it's an amazing thing. Um, and it's it's very condescending. He condescends to do this. What you just said turned me on to the new heavens and the new earth. Mm. I didn't get enamored by streets of gold or pearly gates. I did get enamored when people began talking about a new earth where we could hike and see the restored earth as as it is meant to be. And God is making that for us. He's recreating. He's not starting all over. Right. Just like he does with us. When we get saved, he doesn't annihilate our soul and put a new one in us or Mm -hmm. something weird. He redeems us. That's who he is. So we are recreated as as something new, uh, but we're still us. And that includes the flesh, our flesh. Here's what I wrote about this. Every religion attempts to make man spiritual. Christianity makes God physical. We give it our best religious effort so we can ascend to God. God instead bends to us. We want to reach the heights. God ascends to the depths. Our futile strivings reach him by zealous works. And they're futile. I'm sorry. But in faith, we recognize that he has come. Just this one truth, I think, could encapsulate Christianity in some ways. Mm-hmm. The idea, because you see it all throughout Jesus's parables too, the shepherd that leaves the 99 to go after the one, that is a picture of what Jesus is doing. He's, that's basically an autobiography, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Jesus is leaving the awesomeness of heaven to come and get us, to become one of us. And That is what Christianity is all about. It's not about us earning our way to heaven, us earning our way to God, us getting brownie points for this or that reason. We can never do that. Mm -hmm. But our God is so amazing that he came all the way down here to become one of us, not just one of us, poor, oppressed, minority people group, lived as a refugee. I mean, he went through it all ultimately to die (laughs) for us. Mm -hmm. And our God was willing to do all of that for us. We don't have to make ourselves better for God to accept us. God already accepted us by coming down. And it's such a big truth 
I wish more Christians understood this truth because I've done this a lot in counseling and, and a lot in talking and a lot of people are still trying to earn God's love. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are still trying to even earn their salvation or earn daddy's approval. And I'm like, you had all of that a long time ago. That's what the incarnation is, is saying. Mm-hmm. I am coming to get you. You guys got all messed up and you can't make it up here on your own. And I know that, but I'm not cruel. I didn't create you knowing you couldn't make it on your own and say, ha ha, I'm going to come and rescue you myself. It's, it's amazing. And it's unbelievable. And I wish more Christians got the, the weight of this, Mm -hmm. the weight of the fact that God became flesh. Listen to this statement from Colossians in him, all the fullness of God mm-hmm. was pleased to dwell. So like you said in the last podcast, he didn't just shut it off. He's still God yes. when he comes to earth. He is God when he's in that in that womb. Yep, fully. He's fully God. All the fullness he's of God. fully man. And he may have turned some of his God abilities down in order to make it all happen, but he was still fully God. Well... Paul said he emptied himself, right. and that, I think, is his way of saying that he set aside his prerogatives of deity mm-hmm. so that he was at one place at one time. Right. He got hungry. Yep. He got tired. Yep. He was tempted. Not in heaven. Right. You're not tempted a, a in heaven. Human, you're not hungry in heaven. Right. You're not, you're a not, human can't be omnipotent. A human can't be omnipresent. Uh, a human can't be omniscient. And so he had to turn those down, set them aside, empty himself, whatever metaphor you want to I use. I like the what you say that. Um, he, he had to in order to become a human because you can't be a human and be omnipotent. And we know that he wasn't omnipotent or he had, he had again, he, didn't, he wasn't lesser for this. He mm-hmm. chose not to use his omnipotence, if you want to put it that way. Because, he did it by the power of the Holy Spirit, actually. Right, because 40 days he fasted. I always thought this was a great verse as a kid. And after Jesus fasted for 40 days, he was hungry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you, Luke. I would never have guessed that he was hungry after 40 days. It's actually a really, 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 really theologically impactful phrase. He was hungry. Wait, he's God. God cannot hunger. He is omnipotent. Mm-hmm. That God does not lack anything. But Jesus was hungry. So he had to empty himself. He had to turn all, down some of that God power, set it aside. He was still fully God in his nature and who he was. It's like if you, um, if you slip on the ice and twist an ankle, you have lost the ability to walk properly. But you're still Paul Anderson. Mm-hmm. You're, you're no less Paul Anderson than you were when you could skip around. Mm-hmm. You just can't skip around right now. Or if you choose to lay down some abilities, like you stick earplugs in your ears and blindfolds on, you're still Paul. You've just chosen to limit yourself mm-hmm. in order to play a game with your grandkids or whatever it is. <laughs> well, I don't know why you would do those things. Um, that's what Jesus is doing. He mm-hmm. chose to limit himself so that he could be fully human and experience all the things that humans experience. And so he didn't cheat. Yeah. Because I talk to a lot of people who are like, but he he's God. It doesn't count. Of course he did miracles. He's God. Of course he um, wasn't t- didn't sin. He's God. But no, he was a man with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how he did miracles. He didn't do miracles as the second person of the Trinity. 
He did miracles as a conduit of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And that's why he said, and even greater things than these you can do, because I'm going to go to my father and ask him to send the Holy Spirit. And he's going to send the Holy Spirit to all y'all. And now the same Holy Spirit who's working through me can now work through everyone. And you can do everything I've done, even greater things than these, which is amazing. And so it wasn't the second person of the Trinity doing all those miracles. It was a human being who was fully God following in obedience. He was obedient to his father. He took on the form of a servant that didn't exist before. Jesus before didn't go around always saying, daddy, what can I do? What should I do? What do you want me to do? But on earth he did. He humbled himself. He was totally subservient to the father on earth because he took on that form of a servant. And he did what he did through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I do only what I see the Father doing. Fully obedient, human being, but fully divine. So just because he didn't have the superpowers doesn't mean he wasn't God. He was fully 100% God. But I get that that's a tough one to get our minds around sometimes. Nate, you've got this down. You do. I had to get it down because... Um, I was around a bunch of people who were debating things and they were saying things that were wrong, some of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, no, that's, I, I understand what you mean, but you can't say it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christology is a pretty big deal, right? Um, and so it's really important that, that we admit that we don't fully understand it. Mm-hmm. And I certainly do not. But that as we do attempt to understand it, get our minds around it, that What we have to grab onto by faith is that he was 100% God and 100% human because that's what the Bible teaches. How that all works out, we can try to figure out, but people throughout history have erred on one side or the other. He was just a really, really cool guy who was great at following God. Well, he was that, but he was also God. (laughs) Or he was God who was masquerading as a human. No, he was God, but he was really a human. Um, every present day cult messes with the incarnation. Mm-hmm. Every one of them. You've got Jehovah Witnesses. They deny the virgin birth and the physical resurrection. The Mormons say that Jesus was less than God, but was exalted to mm-hmm. become equal with the Father. Liberalism emphasizes the man. Jesus, mm-hmm. the perfect model, not the God-man who rescues us from sin. Christian science, that believes that matter is an illusion. You were talking about that earlier, mm-hmm. so we got we to gotta get away from matter, and must be overcome by the Spirit. Jesus is the human man and Christ, they separate the two, right. the divine idea. And it was John— We've been we've been with John a lot and, and talking about this that that spoke about this. He says, "By this we know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that de- that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming." now is already in the world. Yeah, and John was really concerned about this. He was. This Gnosticism that was creeping into the church. And he's like, look, anyone who comes to teach you, if that person says anything other than the reality that Jesus Christ came in the flesh, don't listen to that dude Mm -hmm. or that lady. Mm -hmm. If they say Jesus didn't come in the flesh, kick him out. Yeah. 
Don't take up an offering. <laughs> Just boot them <laughs> because it's it's false, and you can't let that into the church. You can't let that um, that stand. It's not true. Anyone who says that is false, mm-hmm. um, even if they were superstars or big time or whatever. Yeah. And I, we don't know what was going on behind the scenes in that ex- at those exact times. Gnosticism was creeping in. I'm guessing some bigwigs in the church bought into it. Was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's a that's a good way to think about it because it jives more with the way they were already thinking about things. Yeah, with matter being more or less evil and trying to escape it, um, and so Gnosticism sort of made sense to, to some people, I think. And so it could be that there were some, even some leaders or some, you know, pastors at different churches or whatever. And John's like, no, 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 whoever it is, I don't care who it is, which to me says it was somebody important. Yeah, yeah, I don't care who it is if they say Jesus didn't come in the flesh. They're done. Yeah. Okay. And so, I mean, he's really hardcore about this. Listen to him uh, at the resurrection. He, uh, the disciples, of course, startled. And he says, see my hands and my feet, that it is I myself handle me and see, for a spirit has no flesh and bones as you see that I have. Yeah. He was a man. He is a man. He died as a man. He rose as a man. He had flesh and blood at the resurrection. Yep. But yet he could still go through doors. Right. Which makes some interesting questions about what is the resurrected body like, Um, which I would like to know more about. But um, it's it's really interesting how Jesus emphasized that. Look, I'm still physical. You can still touch me. I still have my scars. Mm -hmm. He ate food. He ate food in their presence. They watched him eat the food. It went to his stomach. It didn't fall onto the floor. So, I mean, he's not a ghost. They thought he was a ghost. Mm -hmm. They 100% thought he was a ghost, which is like, Wait, what? <laughs> so are ghosts real? Like, have they seen ghosts before? What, what's that all about? They were all convinced he was a ghost. I don't know what that's about. Some strange superstition. Um, but after Jesus was crucified, a bunch of ghosts did come out of the grave and walk around and appear to many people. So there is that. But us Westerners don't like any of that stuff. So we'll, we'll pause that for now. But what is important is that Jesus said, look, I am physical. He ate food on at least two occasions. He ate food because he cooked them breakfast on the beach. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he was physical and he made a big point to them to say that he was a real person and not a ghost. I like this. Because nobody had done that before. Paul says to Timothy, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man. You know the next phrase? The man, Jesus the Christ. The man, Christ Jesus. The man. So, There's a mediator between God and man. It's not a spiritual person. It's a physical. It's a man. Yep. It's a man who's both. And there's a man that's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now. Mm-hmm. Which is a whole nother thing to bring up, which would be interesting to talk about, is that it seems as though the choice to become incarnate might have been a once and for all choice. It's not completely clear. Um, I think he picked I think after his resurrection, he probably picked back up that that with which he had emptied himself, mm-hmm. which he talks about in Philippians. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably temporary because maybe the glorified body can handle all the glory of God. Let's assume that. Um, but it does seem like he's still Jesus and not gone back to the second person of the Trinity pre-flesh. Will we see his scars in heaven? It seems like it. I think we will. Uh, Stephen saw Jesus standing. Mm-hmm. not sitting. Normally they sit on the thrones and he stood, I think, to welcome Stephen in. Mm-hmm. Um, multiple people saw, have seen, you know, visions of Jesus. We see him in scriptures and stuff. And that he's not just a spirit. 
He's still the flesh. And so think about that. We're talking about eternity here. What if the incarnation was an eternal choice? Hmm. How interesting is that? Hmm. I mean, he's certainly been Jesus for 2,000 years, and who knows how much longer it'll be. Another two years? Another 2,000 years? 200? I don't know. Um, But... When he comes back, we'll recognize him. So he'll still be the physical Jesus He'll then. be Jesus. And there's, there's certainly a lot of hints that he will now always be that. Mm-hmm. Which now it's, it's a much bigger sacrifice, I feel like. Yes. But you know what? I love that because we're going to have a physical universe. Mm-hmm. We're going to walk the earth. Mm-hmm. It's a new heaven and a new earth. Mm-hmm. And he will literally sit on the throne of his father, David. Mm-hmm. I think that'll literally happen Yeah, um, in the new earth. So it's, yeah, it's amazing. Mm. And, and so that's, Absolutely that's why the incarnation needed to happen. He needed, God needed a way to bridge the gap between mm-hmm. humans and man. Yeah. And so- Between, you said between sa- humans, humans and, and man, between humans and God. Yes. Humans and God. And so let's, let's do both. Let's make God into a man. How do we do that? Well, it's complicated, but we can manage. And that's who he is now. He's the perfect mediator because mm-hmm. he knows everything that we struggle with, everything that we've gone through. Mm-hmm. And, and I talk to people all the time who are like, well, God didn't know. God doesn't know this struggle. Jesus didn't mm-hmm. experience this. And I'm like, you don't think ex- Jesus liked girls and wanted to get married? He just knew that wasn't his his assignment. I guarantee you he was infatuated with a girl here or there. He's gone through everything you've gone through. He's been tempted in every way you have. That's what Hebrews says. But he was obedient to what God wanted him to do and not selfish to what he wanted to do. And so I really think he has experienced all that. And it, it it's unlike any other God in any other religion mm-hmm. that he was willing to go through what we went through. Nate... This is a, a wonderful subject. There's no way we can handle it properly, appropriately, fully, but uh, I'm thankful we're doing this. I agree. I think it's, I think it's good. Let's let's come back next week and and keep talking about it. Wrap it up in a prayer, would you? Father God, we thank you for sending your Son, mm. Jesus, and. Jesus, we thank you for the incredible sacrifice you made. You gave mm. up. We can't, we can't fathom what heaven is, so we can't even fathom what you gave up. But you gave it up for us, and you emptied yourself. Just, just the idea of you giving up omnipresence, the fact that you were everywhere at once, and now all of a sudden you're stuck in one place. You were simultaneously on every planet and in every living room. And, and, and that now you're stuck inside a tiny baby who, in order to get from the kitchen to the living room, has to have somebody pick him up and carry him there. Um, it's mind-boggling that you would be willing to do that. And we thank you we for thank it. You. We thank you that you did become flesh and that you made it so that our flesh can be redeemed through you. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Let's come back next week and keep talking about this stuff. Okay.
good. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.